We are having a very serious conversation about the finer part of putting your knee on someone's face or neck, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. For example, no one will put their knee directly on your spine outside of the cage. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza. Rafa, how are you doing this evening? It's just so mean. The knee thing? Yeah, it's so mean. Sharpest part of your body. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> Don't. What does it do? All right, phrasing. Um, so <laughs> the weirdest part about it is, is uh, of course, we were uh, talking off air. Uh, our, our buddy, Travis Conley, had a seminar out with us here in California. And uh, one of the things he taught us was essentially putting your knee into someone's neck, which is uh, the most politest way of saying, hi, training partner. I don't know you, but you're going to remember me for the next day and a half when you can't turn left. <laughs> when you have to Zoolander your way through life for the next 24 hours. And Raph, this is a great segue to introduce our guest. I assume you will put that move into your BJJ Finder. I'm sorry, your BJJ Training Journal app. <laughs> you will wow. send it to me, wow. and then I can pull it up on my BJJ Training Journal app, and then I will know the move. Is Most that going to happen? That It could happen, and I'm proud of you for trying to integrate uh, a nice transition to our pal Amici Akpom from BJJ Training Journal. How are you doing today, Amici? I'm doing well. Thank you. I appreciate the attempt as well. The BJJ Finder, though, that's a, another, <laughs> another one of our friends' apps, though, so there's, there's a, that's a super, right? Yeah. Uh, I apologize in advance for the I'm on my game. That's always a great start. It's It's Ted, got BJJ. Who the fuck was listening? Don't you feel that this is where you can, like, get double injured, though? Because Amici can obviously beat you up, and then the other person who might be mad that you screwed that up is your instructor, Andrew Correa. Yeah, there's the definite cost benefit. Hold on, wait, wait. I, I foresee a wrist lock in your future. <laughs> Shut up. You don't know how close <laughs> to home that is. He's been uh, really on the wrist locks from turtle position. That's what he's been working on for like <laughs> three months. so it's, bad. It fucking sucks every time. Damn it. It just makes That's you so fair. gun shy to grab or do anything. It's, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan. I got these little yeah. pussy wrists, too. They're, like, so small. They're, like... <laughs> They're great for getting other people's necks for rear naked chokes, but outside of that, they're, they're worthless. So I think for those of you uh, who are wondering, what, what's Amici doing back here? I mean, first of all, dick move. He's a friend, so relax. And second of all, Amici's actually going to be playing an installment of Over Under Kevin with us in a little bit. But uh, we wanted to, before we, we do all that and we get to the smack talk, we wanted to ask you, Amici, what have you been up to? What's going on, man? Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll talk about that, but first... You know, give me a second. I do want to thank you for having me on the show again because I do like you guys, despite what I'm about to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> I also want to say screw you for having me on the show to do the over under Kevin, and I'm going to tell you why. Because okay. episode number sixty nine, right, James Co. You played yeah. over under Kevin. Kevin made a specific request. Do you remember what that request was? Uh, I don't know. He asked for there? I quote quote You need to get guests to play over under Kevin. They're maybe a little less articulate, not quite as well spoken, and <laughs> yeah. aren't as quick. End quote. What's the first thing Raph does? Text me, hey, Michi, I got the perfect slot for you on today's show. So, <laughs> so there you have it, the quintessential backhand compliment, which I accept wholeheartedly. So, okay. I think well, I also said less good looking, but I can't and, remember you know for what? sure. Throw it all so, in there, man. 
Nailed it. While I'm um, down, you, just I'll tell you nuts. this though, and clearly you've you've had a misread on my entire relationship with Kevin. <laughs> when do you think I've ever actually treated him nicely? Or listened to my suggestions <laughs> mm-hmm. on or off air for mm-hmm. that matter. Check That's made true. point taken. Yeah, okay. So That's the really, claim. maybe I just upped the ante. Maybe James Coe was just like the appetizer and you're the main course. Ooh. You know, I'm I'm gonna take it, you know. My okay. self-esteem will take any type of stroking, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with it. And uh, okay. yeah, man, just I can wrap about the journal real quick. Um, go for it, dude. The Android version is finally coming out, so we're going to yes. be on iPhone, Android, hey. and web version. So you don't need to borrow your girlfriend's, you know, mobile phone anymore. And yeah, all seven of you that own an Android. <laughs> Shout out, Kevin. Dude, internationally though, I've been getting I get so many um, messages from folks outside of the United States where Android's huge. So. That's actually really cool. I mean, if Kevin knew anything about the the market and actually read a trade, you know, it's <laughs> way more competitive and that they do make really, really good efforts. They do fail a lot, but that people still buy them because they're cheaper. But I digress. That would involve Kevin to read a newspaper every once in a while. Get <laughs> gentlemen, let's get back on hand Who here. Reads which is... newspapers. Right, right. <laughs> that was the, the faultiest part of that logic. Uh, <laughs> So Amici has actually volunteered to stick around today, Kevin, to listen to our one-minute review. Really? Amici, yeah. you're in for a treat. First of all, it saves you the time of having to watch all the boring, like, face-to-face with a camera where it's like, ah, oh, I just want to fight for my girlfriend. <laughs> Raph sums it up in a beautiful, always specifically one-minute review. Yep. Perfect. 61 seconds, he'll put the mic down. Like, that's mm-hmm. how he... Well, That's how he carries himself. Are you prepared for the spectacle? I'm. I'm eager. Um, I'm, I want to hear professionalism at its highest level. Captain uh, episode. Every single tear that is shed um, on that show on tough. It's worth. Yeah. yeah. I, I bring it. I want to hear it. All right. There's, there are a lot of tears. There All right. So many tears. Seriously, Ladies honestly, and gentlemen. Like, it's my girlfriend makes fun of it. It's like, when are they gonna cry? When are they gonna cry? <laughs> Where are the tears? And she's always right. I mean, I, I can't say anything. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just thinking she would have loved the uh, Rousey series. Oh, yeah. um, There's an excessive amount of crying. Ladies and gentlemen, warning. This is a one-minute review of The Ultimate Fighter. And here we go. Previously on The Ultimate Fighter, the worst refing, decisioning, and Dana Whiting of all time happened as Roger Zapata kind of won a ridiculously improbable decision over Ian Stevens, and Dana had to be the voice of reason. Any of you fuckers want to win? You take those fucking judges out of the fucking equation. I'm out. Today, it's Anton Benzen takes on Pat Walsh, The Ultimate Fighter, and tensions are at an all-time high at the Tough House. The cast members can't even clean their dishes without starting drama. Daniel Spawn says that he can understand it was a close decision but asks if it was so close why did ian have to go to the hospital diego is beside himself using his serious voice for a change man they know they lost all of them are stupid yo it's like you're gonna celebrate you won that fight you know grow some balls you know have some respect son for serious (laughs) not that it's going to go to zapata's head though (laughs) those judges said i won that fight fuck all y'all and then he gives a middle finger to everybody good news everybody pat walsh can't do anything right uh, he can't use a blender right. He's fat. He's from Boston. Shit, Boston. That explains everything. But he's cool with all the guys calling him Fat Pat. Shit, he's what passes for fat? Then what the hell does that make me? At practice, Frankie's got one thing on his mind. Frankie, you know, 100% Ian should have won that fight, but he didn't. So you guys can't leave it to the fucking judges. 
Pat tells us that he grew up on a fisherman's household, but then found MMA when he knocked a black belt out in his very first fight, and he wants to do it again in his upcoming fight. Hell, even Anton's calling fat Pat. And then you see that, seriously, guys, you're going to start giving this guy a complex if you keep calling him fat. And not that Anton wants to sound cocky, but he's pretty sure he's going to knock Fat Pat out. Except BJ Penn (laughs) has no idea what to do with Anton. Bro, I know I picked him first, but, like, uh, I have no idea what to do with him. But no worries, bro. He might win. Now, remember, Anton's not trying to sound cocky, but he's pretty sure that Fat Pat is scared of him. So remember, opposite of cocky, scared of him. But that's what, you know, brings us to the entire tough family coming together to watch fights, especially when there's a questionable reaction from the referees on TV that then, yes, prompts everyone to have problems. Corey Anderson sums it all up for us. I knew a guy who was going to say something, you know, because he was blue team and he all got heard about it, but, you know, it's all cool because, like, these guys, they're actors so mad and it's crazy. That's when the two teams start arguing math. Let me repeat that again. Fighters who get punched in the head for a living argue about math. You can imagine how that goes. You know what doesn't break up a redundant fight amongst the cast and crew? Another ole, 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 ole chant. Yep, they did it again. Moments later, Daniel Spawn asks if anyone needs a tampon. Then, as if that wasn't bad enough, he clarifies. Uh, I asked if uh, anyone needed a tampon because uh, everyone's acting like a little bitch. Yep, we got it. You almost fooled us with that tricky <laughs> metaphorical language there, Danny boy. A few seconds later, the tough cameras catch up with Daniel Spawn again. Uh, they were running their mouths, and I was like, why not be a grown man? You know, they're running their mouths off like bitches. Yep, still got it. So it's official. Daniel Spawn has never once told a joke in his life. You know things get weird when Gutter is the guy who steps back and lets cooler heads prevail. Man, the commercial break can't come fast enough here. At the campfire, Anton tells us he hasn't gone number one or number two since the weigh-ins. And he also reveals that his family came from Russia to America with nothing. Go USA! Anton gets ready for fight day by punching a teammate's ass cheek. Yes, you heard that right. Bad news. If you were taking a drink every time someone mentioned how fat Pat is, you'd be as fat as Pat is right now. Not that it bugs Fat Pat. His dreams are in that cage. He's a Mark Coleman style fighter, and he's going to show it in the octagon. Guys, look what you did to Dana that last week. He's not even coming around to watch the fights today. That's how angry he is. Round one. Anton starts fast, establishing the pace and using his jiu-jitsu transitions to maneuver all around Pat. And since we've established how fat Pat is, you know that's quite a workout to maneuver all around him. Uh, you know what BJ's favorite thing to yell out during a fight is? He's tired, bro. Finish him. Oh, shit. Pat gets the sickest judo throw of the season, and it really knocks the wind out of Anton. Afterwards, Anton is starting to slow down, and we get to the ground. Now, Anton managed to to get some hooks in and works for a finish but Fat Pat keeps driving in and finds his way back to his feet. At the end of round one, Fat Pat's starting to realize Anton's slowing down fast. Round two. Hey, since we're in the mood for fat jokes, hey Kev, ask me how fat is Pat Walsh? How fat is Pat Walsh? When he walks into the octagon, he's in both the red and blue quarter at the same time. Boom, roasted. <laughs> but Pat is doing a destructive job securing takedowns and putting pressure on Anton. Good news, everyone. We're going to a third round. Round three. Hey, Kev, I can't help myself. One more time. How fat is Pat Walsh? How fat is Pat Walsh? Fat enough to make Anton regret making all of those family guy fat jokes, son. Pat gets another takedown here, and suddenly it's Anton who has the gas tank of a fatty. And after two rounds of being ignored, BJ pretty much just stops coaching Anton. Pat's in half, then three quarters, then full guard, and proceeds to neutralize the jiu-jitsu black belt the best way he knows how. With punches! End of fight. Pat Walsh advances to the next round. Later in the rock room, 
Anton asks for someone to close the door and apologizes to his team for gassing out like a fatty. BJ levels with us all. You know, as coaches, we are entirely to blame when a person loses, except in Anton's case, when he doesn't listen to a word he says. So, you know, this is entirely his fault, not ours, bro. Afterwards, Coleman tells Fat Pat his style reminds him of his own when he was in the UFC. Then Team Edgar goes right back to busting his balls and saying how fat he'll be in two weeks. Later, Frankie picks Mikey King versus Eddie Gordon. And BJ tells us he hopes Mike King is in shape. Hashtag foreshadowing. Next time on the Ultimate Fighter, Coach's Challenge. This time, it's in a kayak? Are we really starting to run out of ideas here, Dana? Anyway, then it's going to be Mike King, uh, who hates dishes, who takes on Eddie Gordon, who says that this is going to be a one-side ass whooping when he takes on Mike King next time on The Ultimate Fighter. Woo! That was awesome. You know, my, uh, like I told you when we were talking off, off air, I had all of these episodes just, I can, you know, I like to fast forward through them. So we're on my DVR. I'm a little bit behind. We're going to play catch up. ATTU-verse, which I frankly hate right now. Their equipment broke again, wiped out every single episode. But now after that, I, I'm completely up to speed. Amazing work. Golf clap. <laughs> yeah, and the good news is, Amici, he's been reviewing each episode. So you can just go back on the podcast like anyone that's missed them yep. and find them. Verbal tap on iTunes. Five stars. Raph, I do quick housekeeping. Sorry, Amici, okay. we have to get in the details. Uh, Raph, that was 60 three seconds. Kev, here's the thing, though. You clearly are used to doing sexual things in less than a minute. So really, you are, you're using your own off-base time track here, and I, I don't appreciate it. I, I get why you'd go there. I just don't know why you had to say it was clear that I can do it under a minute. That was the only thing. It's like, what has Raph seen? Not important. That is, we'll sidebar sure. that later. Yeah, we will. Um, so, quick... Quick note, mm-hmm. um, your BJ Penn voice is getting shockingly good. Oh, thank it's you. It's really set on. I thought <laughs> I thought he stopped in to make ass nine coaching <laughs> comments on the podcast for a brief <laughs> second. I was like, did Amici bring BJ Penn in? That's <laughs> shockingly timed, um, but pretty good. Amici, do you feel caught up on the Ultimate Fighter now? Uh, ab- absolutely. I, you know, I can thank you verse now. Thank you for having such horrible Wi-Fi and on-demand <laughs> <laughs> services to where that uh, I need to catch up on a verbal tap podcast, which you can subscribe to in your, uh, any type of podcast, any type of podcast, but, Raph, you know, listening, um, type thing. And so I highly, highly <laughs> eloquent Raph. Why wasn't Dana there? Do we know? Did they say, did he do a quick voiceover that's like, I'm in fucking Phoenix, clip back no, to the show? Not even that. I mean, he was <laughs> so angry. Awesome. Kev, I don't know if you saw the, the prior week's episode, but there is a decision that was so bad that Dana White retreated to his fortress of solitude after the second <laughs> round, and it goes to a third round. He's like, fuck this, and he leaves. <laughs> and I didn't know that he has this little fortress that he goes to when he's like in an angry Dana place. And so it's just a talking head of him going like, fuck Mazzagatti. Fuck that. He always fucking ruins fights. I'm in my fucking isolation tank and I'm fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. And then like maybe after the fight goes and it has a ridiculous decision, cut to Dana walking back out and be like, what the fuck? So it was the best melee of anything. So as far as I was concerned, I thought he was still stuck in that isolation chamber. But uh, who knows? It could have been a fight week international-wise. I just like to think that Dana was just so mad about last week. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm taking the ball and I'm leaving. 
<laughs> I'm, st- I'm still not coming back next week either. Fucking Mazagati. <laughs> um, well, artfully done. I feel completely caught up, and I've actually seen the most recent one. I had not seen that one, so that Ooh, was really okay. Cool. Well, I, I, I'm I glad to fill in the uh, rhetorical ellipsis for you, my friend. Always helpful. I don't know what either of those words mean, but let's move on. That's what it feels like we should do. I think so. Is it time and for a over-under Kevin bumper real quick? It's just played. I'm really nervous for Amici. Okay, why? I don't think he's ready for this, frankly. I mean, look, law school is one thing. Uh, designing an app that might help revolutionize the way people record their games. Whatever. I've heard it all before. I don't think he's prepared to reach the sarcastic asshattery that is over under Kevin. It's true. Amici, are you aware of Kevin's record on this? Uh, I understand it might be a little less than stellar. I don't think is that, that's is that right? accurate at no, all. Is... I think I've been very consistent. Your Honor, I'd like to submit Exhibit A, which is that uh, Kevin has never won this game that bears his own name in it. Per se. Uh, but I would like it noted for the record. Objection. I would like it noted for the record that I did choose TJ Dillashaw last week and would have won people a lot of money. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, contention number C. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and bring up the fact that, yeah, Kevin did get one right out of 12 fights, which means that he has terrible, terrible comprehension of how this game works. Uh, and, and we're going to need to go through Vordir. Let's talk about yes. the – nice. Let's talk about the, you. <laughs> you know, the fact that there's, it does put – I mean, the more you lose, the more pressure you put on the new guest, right? Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's so, right. you know, so basically I have the biggest balls for stepping up here. Oh, good for you. Right? That is I, true. I, I like that. Top three, probably. <laughs> top three. I mean, <laughs> three obviously balls. James Coe's balls I don't think are comparable, but yeah, probably top three. So let's explain how this is going to work. I'm going to basically go down the card yes, at sir. random. I'm going to pick a fight Phrasing. to go ahead and do this. As we go down the card, I'm going to give you guys each 15 seconds to say who you think is going to win said fight. And if I so deem it, I will give you 15 seconds for rebuttal time. Uh, Those are the basic rules. I want this to be an unfair fight. Gentlemen, do you understand these rules? Do it. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Go fuck yourself is an acceptable phrase that lets me know you both (laughs) acknowledge and appreciate my candor. Uh, Before we start... I would like to say this real quick. Uh, hey, Amici, can you put on some earmuffs real quick? Uh, I'm, I'm, they're muffed. Thank you. Kev, sidebar. Phrasing. Yeah. Shut up. Sidebar. Okay. Okay, you have to win this one, though. I know. I, it's Frankly, it's been embarrassing for a while, but it only gets worse if I don't. Kev, it's embarrassing enough to do this podcast with you, but uh, every time, it's like you lose this game, and I can only get away with pretending like you have a chance so many times so you have to wait it's not on purpose raf it's not on purpose well fucking get your shit together flip a coin this isn't helpful flip a coin okay sidebar over (laughs) done hey amicia come on back all right unmuffed all right (laughs) (laughs) you know what guys i'm so in enthralled by the potential of this matchup we're gonna start right with this first match with 15 seconds on the clock. Kevin, who is going to win the fight between Kajan Johnson versus Tae Hyung Bong? Uh, I'm afraid you didn't say that right. Do you mean the Bang Johnson fight? Is that what you're referring to? It's Kajan Johnson? That's Bang Johnson. 
Uh, I'm going with the supernatural Taihyun Bang, because I want to hear uh, Bang said as many times as possible. All tonight. right, I'm going to go over to Amici. Who do you have in this? Uh, well, I was going to go with Bang as well, because he goes with the Korean top team. Um, and I just like the fact that they have American top team, Brazilian top team, and Korean top team. But I'm going to be a contrarian and go with, go with Big Johnson, because oh. I, can, I can go against the Big Johnson. Phrasing. All right, Kev. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you 15 seconds rebuttal because that opened up too many doors. Go for it. I mean, of course he's picking the guy with a bear, <laughs> maybe tiger print, tattooed on his chest. I think that's the easy choice. But I feel like uh, Taihyun Bang is going to bang his way through this fight. That's, wow. That's, I would sorry. like to point I out apologize. that it's Bang versus yeah. Johnson. So really, <laughs> come on, guys. Grow up, fair. Uh, Amici, do you feel that Kevin's already off to a bad start? You know, I think that there was a very sound logical basis um, behind his analysis. So, uh, yeah, I think I think he's on, on a good path here. This is going to be a good good session, I think. All right, I like it, guys. We're going to go to our next fight. We're going to start with Amici. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's going to win the fight between Ryan Jimmo versus Ovin Sampiro? Go. Uh, this is tough because it's a Canadian who does splits in the robot after he wins. Versus a guy who blatantly ripped off GSP's nickname, but rip off notwithstanding, going with OSP mostly because it reminds me of a buddy I had in Youngstown, Ohio. So for that legitimate reason, OSP. <laughs> a random moment to say you that go. you're gonna go just because he reminds you of some guy you know. He does, man. The, the after the post fight interview where he has the lisp and everything, and he's trying to hold back a smile. I'm like, oh yeah, that reminds me of my friend. So I'm going with him. Well, let's make sure that he knows that you just shouted him out on our podcast. Kevin, who do you got for 15 seconds? Go. Well, this is easy because I have Ryan Jimmo, a.k.a. the big deal, and here's why. He looks a lot like Tito Ortiz, especially if you're like six Bud Lights in. I'm hoping Dana White gets confused and tells him his career's over because he fought in Bellator. <laughs> Ooh, great analysis. Let's big go ahead and go yeah. over uh, to Amici. What is the possibility that Dana also tries to bring in Jenna Jameson into the situation. 15 on the clock, go. Um, I think Jenna Jameson is open for any type of situation where uh, – I'm going to stop Crazy. there. Phrasing. Let's keep this uh, – <laughs> I'm going to keep this PG. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that ship sailed a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Kev, 15 seconds just for funsies. Go. Yeah, well, OSP is minus 140, which means underdog alert for Ryan Jimmo. Ryan, seriously, though, stop shaving your head like a testicle. Like, you need to grow some hair somewhere in that vicinity because you look a lot like Tito Ortiz or a Polish criminal. All right. Nowhere in between. That was, uh, I think that's as good a time as any to transition to our next fight. We're going to go over back to Kevin. It's going to be Daniel Rastafarian versus Kichi Kumanoto. I mean, I'm obviously picking Daniel Rastafarian. Um, it feels like for obvious reasons. People are all on board about that, right? Mm, okay, I think so. I think we we get what you're putting down. Amici, who do you have? Uh, I'll go with the contrary. I, I I don't know the Kichi guy. I've heard of Seraphian, but he seems like a total rage monster. So we'll we'll yeah, we'll does. see that that anger makes him sloppy, and hopefully Kichi Kunamoto will uh be able to take him out, take advantage of that. I really have nothing. Okay. He sounds like a Naruto character. I really have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Kakashi Sensei, I don't know, man. Kev, do you feel that Amici's starting to wane now? Do you see him starting to drift? Do you think this is the moment to take care of him? I think he's mostly just picking names that sound like someone in the last Samurai cast. I don't think he's really (laughs) focused on the 
objective here of picking UFC fighter winners. So yeah, I think this is my time. I, mean, I, I just don't want to do the cop out thing and agree with you every time. You know, I just that, that's, that's well, not- it's and r- history would prove that to be a very winning strategy <laughs> to just <laughs> not choose the ones I choose, and you are fine. All right, we're gonna go over to our next fight, and uh, Amici, I'm gonna have you do this one. It's gonna be Ryan Bader versus Rafael Savante. So go. Uh, it's Rafael Cavalcante or say mm-hmm. Savante? That's what I said. Okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say that uh, Rafael, most importantly, because he has the power R in his first name, like Hoist, Hickson, Henzo, and Hodger. As someone with an R in my name, I do understand the power R. Kev, what do you think of that though? 15 seconds. Wait, did he just pick Rafael? Is that yeah, who he yes, picked? I did. Oh, man, come on. No one with the name Raph is winning um, <laughs> martial arts contest. I think I speak for everyone when I say that. I'm going with Uneven Abs Bader. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop you right here just for my own interjection. Uh, as an objective moderator host, I'd like to say fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> that <laughs> is very know, objective of you, Raph. Thank you. That's good. As we both know, my name has a winning record. Just not for me. I mean, for other people, it obviously wins. But for me, not so much. Uh, but Kev, let me let me see if I can really bring this to your point. Uh, I'm going to give you 15 seconds to remark on this. Do you think Amici is not yet figured out that sometimes the names are mispronounced as to throw them off? 15, go. I think he's obviously struggling with finding the right fight to pick on his iPad <laughs> while you say the name. He's like, wait, what the fuck did he say? So it's a classic rookie mistake. It could happen to anyone. I just happen to be, you know, a veteran. Mm, it's true. Uh, Amici, do you feel that uh, Kevin is just showing uh, a little bit of his cards on how he's playing it? Didn't it sound like he has his iPad and he's doing those exact same things? I think that's what it is, you know, rubber glue. I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> You want to expand on the rubber glue part? Sorry, not to interject as the moderator. Hold on. I just stop you, Kev. Rubber glue has won all of the (laughs) debates we've had so far. So let's go ahead and go to our next fight. And uh, I'm going to throw this one Kevin's way. It's going to be Jason Saga versus Josh Shockley. This is the easiest choice on the card. Everyone's picking Josh Shockley for the simple reason of Bruce Buffer might say Josh Shocker. And YouTube would light on fire it would light on fire what well, from over usage it's like a heat thing mm, okay i was sure you figured out that metaphor as you were saying it uh amici will youtube light on fire or is uh jason saga going to take this you know what i'm going to go against what i just said and go with shockley as well most because yeah! he, he has the that big tat, tatted arm with tribal tattoo that I fully expect is made of dark magic. So my left-handed magical power punch, he will knock out Sago. Okay. Okay. Kev, do you feel that magic has any room in this debate? I hope he uses that magic to get Buffer to accidentally call him Shocker. I think I've been pretty clear on what I hope he does with the thing. (laughs) Amici, did you, as you were saying that pick, regret the fact that you were agreeing with Kevin for any reason? It, it it hurt my soul a little bit. A little little bit of me died, I think. But should be nervous. Yeah. Mm, wow, Kev. I think you're getting inside his head. Good job. I think uh, I'm there. There's there's a lot let's... of room in there. <laughs> let's go to our next fight, uh, Amici. It is Rory McDonald versus Tyrone Woodley. Go. Uh, I'm gonna go with Woodley off the fact that Rory's a hipster, and I really wouldn't mind seeing him get beat down. I just don't understand hip- hipster culture. I, I think it's genius that nerds united and 
tricked pop culture to think that neon sunglasses, a bow tie, and sports coat over t-shirts cool, but being real, they're nerds. You did run out of time there, but I did want to let you finish because I think everybody hates hipsters. So, Kev, your response? Eh, Put some fake glasses on me, a (laughs) winter cap in the summer, and I'm going to just tie some jeans that are dick tight to my (laughs) ankles. I'm going with Rory McDonald, and here's why. Tyrone Woodley injured my man. Kev, here's what we're going to say. I've never told you not to say a certain phrase on the podcast. (laughs) Like, I've never actually said. That's true. You've been very clear. You've never said never said that. Don't say the following words. I'm going to put the first set of words I will not allow you to put on the podcast anymore. Any guess what they are? I have a pen. I'm ready for them. I don't. Okay. Never repeat the phrase. I'm sorry. How did you describe his genes? Dick tight. Dick tight. <laughs> okay. Let's never do that again. Let's all remember where we were. <laughs> So that way, when I reference it and I give you a timeout, I'm going to be like, Kev, remember that time you said dick tight jeans? Thank you. You're <laughs> off the podcast. Um, okay. Now that we've taken a moment to to stop for that. Uh, Amici, I'm going to go back to you. Uh, Woodley, destructive against Condit, but did we see enough to really know that against Roy McDonald, he's got a chance to beat him? Yeah, I think that now he's learned how to use his hands. He's a significant threat to anybody in the weight class. and. I think he was banging with Condit before the leg injury. So, yeah, I, I think he can he can beat Roy. Okay. Kev, I mean, you know, I don't know that you've ever really been a Roy McDonald fan, but why today? No. I, you know, this is actually Tyron Woodley's minus 130, by the way. And I think it's pretty clear. I'm just making an allegiance on the <laughs> fact of I think Tyron Woodley caught Condit on an injury day. It happens in the sport, and I, you know, I don't think – He's going to be able to overcome the roarsters. I will say, Kevin, this is your most ride-or-die chick moment I think you've ever had. This is like someone wronged your man, and you're not yeah. going to let them live it down. Can't do it. I just can still see it playing in my head, and I don't like it at all. I understand. Didn't you, know, you Kev- ride, didn't you ride or die with Tim Boach pretty hard? You know, <laughs> for fuck's sake, Amici, I'm trying to ride my confidence train. <laughs> this isn't the Marines. I got to let them go. I can't remember the last – like. Okay. Uh, now he's in my head, Raph. I had a visual of Kevin's confidence train, and it's a train with no tracks. It's just one little caboose that sits in the middle of a desert that never goes anywhere. Hey, the conductor's Kev. just drinking half a handle of whiskey, pissing himself. <laughs> Kev, you know what was funny? Uh, so, unrelated note, we're going to pause the game for a second. Um, when I was asking Travis about like early Kevin, that's the the high school Kevin that we all know, or never got to know if you would. I was like, yo, what was something about Kevin? Tell me something about him. And he was just like, yeah, man, I don't know. I guess the best word to describe Kevin was like preppy. <laughs> and I immediately thought to it, and I go, I can see it. So, yeah, of course it would make sense. You'd go for the hipster. <laughs> yeah. Preppy. Was that how you described Compared yourself? Compared to Travis Conley, that like re he pulls apart his S10 just for funsies and rebuilds the engine. So just consider your source on who's calling who preppy is all I'm saying. I'm I'm just saying, Kevin. I mean, I I can see it. I mean, you know, I knew you were a ball boy for the football team. I think that's really exciting. Uh, I don't know, man. That's that's really cool. Am I am I aw- off on this? Am I wrong? I was a ball boy in my youth, like when I was little, not as an adult, not in high school. Mm. Okay. All right. I'm just they wouldn't let here. me when I was a <laughs> They said it wasn't. Let's get on a resume. They were like, it's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. 
Uh, all right. It does look good. You don't know how many jobs I've almost gotten because it said <laughs> Spring Hill Broncos 95 ball boy. I loved it. <laughs> Guys, I think we're ready for our next uh, fight. And Kev, we're going to start with you on this one. It's uh, Yves Jabroni versus Mike Easton. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it were Jabroni. Um, I got to go with the Hulk Easton just because he's a local guy. Though I love Tiger as a nickname. Yves' face picture in his UFC. I'm going with Mike Easton. He's explosive. He's big. He's experienced. He's going to beat up the Canadian fighter. All right. What do you think about this? Do you have to agree and go Hulk, Amici, or do you go with Jabroni? Well, I do lead the witness objection leading the witness. <laughs> I'm not leading. I'm just letting him know what's already been stated. Idiot. Okay. Well, I have a very sound, logical basis for choosing the Hulk. Um, I'm friends with well, his sister. Well, a good start for somebody here. I'm friends with his sister, Nigel Easton, on Facebook. So mm-hmm. clearly, Mike will win that bout. I mean, there's, you know, if you look at the name dropper, that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. I, I, don't, I don't know if you know you that. You are a big deal sometimes, yeah. Yeah, so he's Facebook I'm, friends with uh, Mike Easton's sister. So, yep, yep. Wow, Kev, this is impressive. Uh, I didn't know we had somebody who shared a Farmville. I didn't want to bring it up. Uh, <laughs> a person who a person who a person knows, but Jesus, but I, you know. One time she liked a BJJ training journal. Oh, you heard about that? Post, so, but you know, the sad part that. is she did it by accident. It was supposed to be the post above <laughs> it. She rescinded the like. It was a rough oh. story. Kev, tell me something about this right now. Okay. Uh, Do you feel that you were the one leading the charge on the Eastern train here? I don't feel like I'm necessarily leading the train so much as driving all of Amici's answers and cognitive thought. I feel like he's hopping on and just following me as the foreman to salute. He would never make... I'm running out of court metaphors. I'm fresh out of things I know about. It was a train (laughs) and it was a court metaphor. You're just... You're really trying, and it, you can't get a clear oh, visual. Michi, uh, what's the fastest way to put Kevin down? If you were to just, if, if you had to, what was the, the the fastest way you would do it? Just tell us. Uh, Book him a flight seconds. on United. I'd say he's not the foreman; he's more like the foreskin, and that um, <laughs> I'm working on like I have logical sound basis for my choices here, so I think we're good. All right, guys, are you ready for this next fight? Uh, I don't care for you to answer, so I'm just going to go ahead. Amici, the next fight is Andre Olovsky versus Brandon Schaub. Who do you have? I have Schaub because Dana, Dana said for Olovsky, pretty much I brought him back because I like him. That's the most not the most ringing endorsement for Dana. Dana's like, he's getting older. He needs another shot, you know, so – Come on, that's that's not okay. a reason to get back in UFC. Um, all right, Kev, your thoughts? Fifteen uh, on the clock. Amici is fucking just spinning his wheels here. He's wildly wrong. Brendan Chubb's now officially dating Ronda Rousey, meaning he has other shit on his mind. He's not worried about Andre Arlovsky, who I can assure you only has one thing to live for, and that <laughs> is this fight. <laughs> Kev, uh, I do need to stop you here. I'm going to go back over to Amici. Amici, are you overlooking the fact that Brandon Schaub runs away a little bit? He does run away, but he also sticks to a game plan to win as opposed to trying to put on a performance. You saw him in Metamorris, right? Like He didn't care what, that the audience was booing, whatever. He just wanted to win. So I think he'll stick to the game plan, try and take down Arlovsky and, and win. 
Okay, Kevin, you, uh, same you, concept, but are you aware that Brendan Schaub has great cardio? I'm very aware he's got great cardio because I saw him run a half marathon <laughs> while fighting Cyborg. I would not clarify that as him trying to win Metamorris. I would clarify that as him trying to just continue to collect a paycheck and stay pretty for the Rousey, which I get. Quite I get thing. that. Meh, I understand that. That's perfectly fine. It's an acceptable answer. Uh, gentlemen, this is about the time when I like to remind our guest. Uh, yes. Amici, I don't know if you know this, but we do have stakes for yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, have, you, have you been thinking about this? You know what? I, it was the last – first I'm like looking at like, who the hell's fighting this card? Who are these guys? I don't know who they are. And then like right before the, the show, I'm like, oh, crap. There's some stakes. And I – you know, I expect Kevin's a little more creative than I am about these things, so I've You're going to defer to Kevin to start with then, okay? Yeah, right. that's checkmate. Let's do it. Absolutely. Okay. Wow, Kev. That, that's a huge advantage for you going into this next fight, which is Roland DeLorean versus Michinori Tatanka. Kev, DeLorean. you've got 15 on the clock. Go. Yeah, uh, Roland Delorme is a local Canadian. I'm going with Michinori Tanaka based solely on a positive use of racism. Okay. Racism is an acceptable card to play here. Uh, Michi, who do you got? 15. Uh, I don't care if it's a cop-out or not. I'm going for Michinori Tanaka as well because I'm, I'm certain his nickname is Michi. So he's my Japanese brother. <laughs> so I got to uh, go with yeah, my Japanese brother. Fair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I didn't think about the fact that it had so much of that in the yeah. name. Yeah. Wow. I'd like to really say that both of you had sound reasons to support who you are supporting. Like the soundest <laughs> reasons. Uh, it was racism and sounds like my name. This is the you type can't of spell Michinori Tanaka without a Michi. Exactly. Fuck all it. those other podcasts that are going to tell you who wins based on striking percentages. <laughs> this is where the real action is at, my friends. All right, guys. Final fight. Collect yourselves. Think about it. This is where it gets real. I'm going to start with Amici. And the fight is Demetrius Johnson versus Ali Bagamanoov. I'm going to take the Bagaganoush because mm -hmm. his training consists of throwing big rocks. There's actually a video of him <laughs> taking rocks, destroying some poor high school's football field by slamming it down inside the turf again and again. I just love – I love it. Throwing giant rocks. Oh, love it. Ice cold. All right. All right. Kev, what do you say? 15. Well, it's hard for me to compliment such a you know worthless adversary, but, God, that's great analysis. And I'm really jealous <laughs> that I have to pick Demetrius Johnson for the pure reason of I'm following James Coe's advice. I'm going with my instincts and reversing them. I thought Bogatinov was going to win. I'm going with Demetrius, but spoiler alert, no one's getting knocked out or submitted in this fight. Oh, God. Not the Demetrius Johnson fight. Stop it. Kevin, no. no. You need to learn they're your lesson. Rubber. Raph, they're 125 pounds. You could throw them off a building, and like <laughs> so a cat, goes they would land on their feet. That we do a fight with the They swing guys. at each other. They hit each other, and nothing happens. Nothing. Okay. This brings up a good point. Gentlemen, did you even know there was a pay-per-view until I told you next week? Oh, no, it was unclear. Yeah. It was actually... <laughs> <laughs> As opposed uh, to I, was, I wasn't sure. Weekend, you know? Yeah. Uh, before, came on. 
we go into a review of how excited on a scale from uh, zero to ten you are for this match. Uh, do you think we're hitting an age of fatigue? There was the two sets of events that were back to back. Then there was a match this weekend, and then we're going into a pay per view again. My question starts to Amici. Oh fuck you! I <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I see it as like running a parallel to when professional wrestling got really huge. It was getting bigger and bigger and bigger with the whole NWO in, in the Generation X. And it was everywhere, and then it hit that moment where it just crashed because it was just too saturated. And my concern is that we're, we're getting there with MMA as well. Personally, I like it because um, I just love having everything to choose from. I don't see it as a problem, but as far as mainstream, I totally see us getting there. Okay, Kev, your thoughts? Well, I have two fact checks for you. First of all, I completely agree. It is getting a little redundant. Plus, this is a lackluster card. I'll watch it. I'm not going to buy it. I'll have to go to a bar to watch this thing. It's just, it's not a very good fight card for what they're going to charge. Now, again, scale, 0 to 10. How excited <laughs> are you? 10 being most excited. Amici, 0 to 10. I'll go 6. Okay, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> 3. Wow. Wow. If you could pay a certain amount of money, what would that money be for this card? How much would you pay for this card? Ten ninety nine. Okay. Less than an Invicta. All right. All right. This is good to know. Gentlemen, I need your uh, fight of the night and performances of the night guesses. So let's Is there one more fight, though? Isn't... Uh, Valerie Letourneau versus Elizabeth Phillips. Is that on the card? I'm staring at that fight. That was my first fact check. That was your first fact check? Yeah. I didn't see it. That means nothing, <laughs> <Helpful>. though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't on the Wikipedia link that I looked at to see who was fighting. <laughs> I'm seeing it on the UFC fight cards. So. Uh, Sometimes Raph genuinely knows more than me about these, even more than the UFC. So he, uh, I was like, did he leave it off or is it on there? Well, right now on the Wikipedia pages, it's not there. So let's discuss Rockers. that. However, FX prelims, it's on the UFC fight pass early. UFC fight pass brought to you by... I see it. Fuckers. Just fuckers. The it's on the US. website, but it is not here on the Wikipedia okay. page. And as we know, Wikipedia can shift and go about. I personally like 11 because it's an odd number. So, all right. Who do you okay. think is going to win? Go. Uh, Elizabeth Phillips, obviously. Phillips. I mean, for the same reason that what's-his-name Tanaka or Amichi, whatever. So, clear. <laughs> well, actually, you mentioned it's on the UFC website. I'm going there now. Elizabeth Phillips is one of the people that has a shadow silhouette thing going on. And Valerie has the an actual photo, so I'm going with the legitimate Valerie Trouble. I don't ever say I'm Latorno. I don't know. I'm going with her because she's a real picture. Another solid analysis by Meet Jack from everyone. <laughs> if that fight happens, cool. We have the predictions. If not, uh, Wikipedia I mean, was right. <laughs> Wikipedia was right. I mean, I don't know, Kev. It, it is not. A bad notion to have that maybe the people who were plugging in the fights to Wikipedia also were at about a three and were like, fuck that. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I hope it says that in the footnotes. It's like, total disclaimer, we're at a three on Raph's one to zero to ten excitement scale, so we just forgot it. Yep. 
All right, Amici, who do you have for fight of the night and performances of the night? And remember, performances of the night can be anybody. It doesn't have to be two people involved in the same fight. All right. Um, so two people for performance or just one person? I don't, it's two people. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, for the fight of the night, Rory McDonald, Tyrone Woodley. I think okay. that's going to... I think it's gonna be a really good fight. They're both tough as nails and have something to prove if they want a shot at the title. Um, performance tonight, Ali Bagatanov, Babaganoush. Mm-hmm. Close <laughs> enough. Yes, um, dude. When he wins the title, he can't go without winning performance tonight. So he's got to take it. All right, Kevin. Who do you have? Okay, for fight of the night, I have Arlovsky versus Shab. Okay. Uh, heavyweights. Heavyweights are always really good. For performance of the night, this is my big handicap, Tyron Woodley. Mm-hmm. Um, for second performance of the night, I am going back to the Bang Johnson card <laughs> and going with Ty Hune Bang. Uh-huh. Based on? Pure fucking nothing. I don't have a thing. I just wanted to say bang Johnson again. Of course you did. Maybe this is why I keep losing. You know what? Yes. Can you tell that our interest level is so low in this card? <laughs> Dear God, like we're, we're reaching so freaking hard. I mean, we, we oh. just fooled all of these people into listening to a segment to get excited for a card that everybody's at about a meh. Oh. Uh, oh, four and a half average. Trying, man. <laughs> So let me ask you this, Kevin. Do you have the bet in mind? I do have the bet in mind. Ooh, I like this. He has uh, this little app, BJJ Training Journal. (laughs) I have this little podcast. I will, if I lose, I'll do a commercial endorsing his product. One minute. we're We're talking like one minute, one and a half YouTube variety. Um, I will do it for BJJ Training Journal. I like that. That's a, that's a good, good stake right there. All right. Amici, do you have a, a counter or do you have an idea you'd like to propose? Um, I thought we were choosing what the other person would do. Like if I was going to have something – because what I thought of was uh, – okay. I like the fact you had to post a picture on Facebook. I'm going to have you paint a Mike Tyson tattoo on your face announcing that you're, <laughs> announcing that you're changing your names to Kayvon Dick Type Philippe. I think that would be okay. a pretty good one. That's okay, so okay. now that I'm – I like where you're at genre-wise. Okay. Kev, did so you notice, you, though, that Amici heard that you were going to do something for his brand and product? It was like, hell no. I'm I did hear that. that I noticed that subtlety. <laughs> yeah, it was a backhanded <laughs> insult. And butter. Uh, okay, you have to write verbal tap rocks on your forehead – and my initials on your chin. Um, and hold on. Let's come up with – because I like the – so I've got the Tyson noted. Kevin is now like <laughs> a, making this official by writing it down. That's the best. <laughs> He's like manifesting right it to the universe. He's writing it down. <laughs> He's yeah. got to get this ratified by two-thirds Congress. So. And I just want you to put your name as Amici the VTs. That's it. Amici <laughs> the VTs. Wow. Guys, you have reached a level of maturity on this bet that I don't know we've ever seen. You basically reduced our our show, our nice little fun game that we have here, to what? whoever falls asleep first at a frat party and gets yeah, a dick what do you, on the What do you think? Twenty four gets a dick on the, What do you think? Twenty four hours for the picture? That works. Amici? That works. 
24. Oh, that worked. You hear that retreat in his voice, Raph? If he was resolute, he'd have been like, 48. He's, there's doubt creeping in there. I don't even it, remember what my picks are. I'm going to have to listen to this again. Like that. Well, actually, funny you should mention that. We usually bring, usually, is the caveat here. Put an asterisk next to that, my friend, because I'm obviously voting against you coming back on. <laughs> usually we bring the winner of Over Under Kevin back on the next week. <laughs> Uh, or the loser, I guess. We just haven't gotten a chance to test that yet. Yep. So if you are around and available next week, we'll be back in contact with you. We'll have you back on the podcast, and we'll see what happens. So you don't need to write down anything. I will write them down. I have written them down. And uh, we'll see who wins. Service with a smile. I like it. Yep. Phrasing. Mm, less phrasing. But you know what, though, Amichi, we want to thank you for stopping by here. I love the game that you brought today even if it was a little confusing that you agreed with kevin at times but the more important parts are <laughs> that you didn't agree with him at times so i thank you so much for that and uh, any closing words to kevin that you want to put and uh, the fear into his face before you leave here today um and i just really look forward to to seeing the name change of the <laughs> thoroughly offensive dick tight <laughs> i think that's just i like it jesus christ can I, can I just ask, he said foreskin, and you didn't ban that. Uh, uh, you know what? He did it cleverly. He was basing it off of a pun, so at least he was now, playing within the realm of what was mentioned. You, however, just brought it up willy-nilly for no reason, so, you know. Well, you're now banned. peaking a little bit, so. Damn it. So, good times. Um, I will wrap. I'll just go ahead and give the outro go for Amiji. Ladies and gentlemen, from BJJ Training Journal, the mastermind behind your favorite way to document your moves, follow your game, and track your map progress. Amici, we really appreciate you being on the podcast this evening. Hey, guys, I always appreciate you uh, having me on here. You guys are freaking hilarious, even though your picks are horrible. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, I do love being on here, so. Go check out BJJ Training Journal for all the Amici you can handle. So I'll see you guys again when I uh, when I win. Over under. Verbal tap fans, we have on the line, not metaphorically, literally. The baddest brown belt in the planet. We know this because he just won the baddest, baddest brown belt tournament. Try saying that a lot of times. I did. Out there, put on by Dream. Shut up, Raph. Put on by Dream Jiu Jitsu from Easton Training Center out there, Boulder, Denver, Colorado. We have on the line Brian Carlson. Brian, how are you doing this evening? Doing well, man. Just hanging out. Are you? Do you have an IV in right now? How are you recuperating after the um, submission-only tournament? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely – I went in last night, trained for like a half hour and called it. Today I'm just resting, drinking like <laughs> a gallon of coconut juice and uh, sleeping like every two hours. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down there. Yeah, that's too much partying, on, uh, young sir. Uh, I, <laughs> I have to ask this because – you know, uh, I got the chance to talk with Brian. We had a media day for uh, <laughs> the Baddest Brown competition. One thing I think that really sets it apart from everything else, I actually got to interview all of the people competing in the tournaments, and the last person I interviewed, Kevin, was Brian. Yeah, that would make sense because he won. 
<laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, just like at the very beginning, before the whole matches came up. But he, oh. was the first, he was the last person I talked to, and it was kind of a, oh man, this kid's super nice. All right, let's cool. Let's see what happens. Oh my god, he's winning. He's winning a now, lot. Now, Raph, I think the question on everyone's mind is: Did you know at that point that he was going to win? Yes, of course. As a true media expert, I can look into <laughs> someone's eyes during an interview and say he's going to win, and I did. <laughs> you have the Brian. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. Uh, Brian, tell us about competing at the tournament. How did you? Why did you agree to compete? Talk to us a little bit about the, about the process of you saying, "Yeah, I'm going to go find out if I'm the the baddest brown belt in a submission only format." It was really uh, pretty simple. Dan, one of the guys who uh, set everything up, hit me up on Facebook, asked if I wanted to do it. I saw that it was the week after Worlds. My grandparents live in L.A., so I just got to hang out there for the week. And, uh, yeah, I said, yeah, it was a pretty easy decision. I, I love competing, so uh, the more the merrier, right? I love that, by the way. His, part of his factor was just like, yeah, screw it. My grandparents live in L.A. I'll stay and compete in this holy hell competition <laughs> of endless misery because, fuck it, I'll get to hang out with the Grammys for a week, so... Uh, that's fantastic. You train, you were training for worlds. You were gearing up for it. Talk to us a little bit, just outside of the specific tournaments. What's your training schedule like? And what's your, your sort of mentality towards jujitsu and how you approach the game? Um, this is the, I've been competing basically every other weekend since last December, December, 2013. So, uh, I've been traveling a bunch, um, I, I wanted to hit it hard this year. Like I kind of, I traveled all summer last summer. I graduated from school. Um, then I broke my arm actually in 2012 at worlds. I was supposed to travel that year and it didn't quite happen. So, uh, recouped off of that and decided to take last summer and travel. Um, I got back and I, I, I had the itch, you know, I wanted to get back, hit it hard and see what I could do in the competition scene. So, um, my training partner and I, James Strader-Smith, decided to hit it hard. We hit probably uh, 12 competitions since December, something crazy like that. And um, we had a great camp setting up for Worlds. Um, we were training twice a day, uh, drilling once a day, so, you know, basically four hours of jiu-jitsu a day, and then I was doing CrossFit three times a week to keep my strength up. That's wow. insane. I mean, do you have friends? Am I am I going down a dark alleyway here? Do you I mean and if you do, do well, they wonder about you and where the hell you are all of the time? <laughs> I actually gave everybody a notice because I usually like I do a lot of sports. I rock climb, mountain bike, kayak, and I kind of have like my groups of friends that I do those sports with. And I kind of let them all know. I was like, Look, I'm gonna be out for like the next six months, all I'm doing is jujitsu. So uh, I'll see you guys in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great way to be friendly with your uh, your closest pals. It's I like, like how upfront he is. Yeah, yeah. I hope that he actually sends something via the post system where they get something in the mail and they just look at it. It's like, oh, this is a postcard that says, "I'm never seeing you again for six months." It was cool. actually a cat meme. <laughs> <laughs> That's way smarter and way more cunning for the internet. So, okay, so you're competing and constantly and you get this call about Battis Brown and you hear it's a mission only and it's after the Worlds 
and you end up doing it and you stay the extra week, what is your mentality going into the Worlds just like a day before the tournament? Um, you know, I, I always try to focus on just the next thing at hand. So before tournament, it's only that tournament. Before a match, it's only that match. Like, the rest of it doesn't matter. I really try to stay focused on the task at hand. So going into Worlds, the day before, we always take a rest day. We kind of hang out with each other, go down to the beach, mess around, take our minds off the tournament. Um, it was pretty relaxed. Like, we have it, we've been competing so much now that we kind of have our, our rituals down and, and uh, we just kind of fall into that zone. And then, you know, competition hits and you flip the switch and uh, make it happen. All right, all right. So then we get to the actual tournament, and there's 31 other people. Now, level with me. You can tell me. You don't have to say names, but is there anybody that you were scared to face? Um, I wouldn't say scared, but definitely there was those nerves like, oh, man, that guy's really good. I, kn I know his name. Um, uh, <laughs> definitely, you know, two of the top names, uh, Sebastian Broch and and Max Jimenez, um, I actually trained with Max down in Brazil. I spent six weeks down there, so uh, I knew how good he was. And uh, Sebastian, I mean, beat one of the Nyab brothers last year in an absolute division, so he's a freaking animal as well. So let me get this straight. You were most, I would say, appropriate term, nervous to face two people you ended up facing, correct? Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I, I want to make sure that people know that you didn't just like get handed a lottery ticket and then just go, oh, I won the baddest round. That was weird. I only had one match. It was pretty fun. You had a grueling hour and 30 minutes worth of bat time, uh, which, Kevin, if you are playing at home, and this is not a detriment to you because you're a warrior, but there was one match that was just that, 96 minutes worth of rolling one match <laughs> was just that just to give you a level of an intensity Christ. of uh the the caliber of competition that was there because here's the thing and and maybe you can tell me differently brian when you get to that level and you have these people who are pre-selected for an invitational tournament and they're all brown belts is it less of a game of i'm really good at jiu-jitsu and more of a game of well who's gonna win today and who's gonna break um man that's a great question um, I think it depends, like, brown belt, brown's kind of a weird belt, like, white, blue, purple, they're definitely the guys, like, you look at Edwin, who just freaking crushes everybody in purple belt, right, and you kind of look at, um, you know, the black belts, like, like, there, there are a lot of black belts who compete, but you say, you see the same five, ten guys in the finals every year, so there's levels and levels, you know, brown belts kind of this weird limbo, I feel like, because a lot of guys kind of get stuck there and, and um, you know, really try to make it happen at Brown. And then they have a lot of experience. And some guys just freaking blow through it. Like, you look at Keenan, uh, Jackson, Souza, the Meow brothers. Like, they were only brown belts for one year. Um, I've been a brown belt for almost two and a half years now. So um, I'm definitely playing the long game. And um, it, it's kind of weird. You see guys kind of pass you in the uh, – you know, it feels like you're in the slow lane sometimes when, when you have these superstars coming up by you. Um, so, you know, it's kind of weird. Like, you, you'll get those superstars who just hand it to you, and you're just like, wow, that guy's really good. Um, but for the most part, um, 
once you get deeper into the tournaments, like after the first round, second round, all the matches are close. Like a lot of it just becomes a strategy game. Like especially if you faced a guy before, you know, you kind of know their game, they know your game, and you gotta you gotta play the clock a little bit and uh, hope hope for the best at the end. Well, you mentioned playing the clock, but there was no clock in a submission only tournament. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how playing the clock works for you in that given uh, scenario. Well, like my my match against Sebastian was, uh, I think it was like 52 minutes or something. And um, man, I knew Sebastian was an animal. Like going into it, I'd lost a couple of his matches. I looked at some of his tournament results. I knew he was going to be probably the toughest guy there. In my opinion, he was the favorite to win. Um, So going in, I knew if I tried to beat him in a timed match, like I was going to fall behind and, you know, make a poor mistake. So my whole game plan going into that match was to just fend him off, fend him off, make him tired, um, make him a little bit frustrated, like wait for him to make a mistake and then capitalize on it. And luckily, you know, worked out for me. And you beat Sebastian, but that was not the finals match. No, that was the uh, third match, the round of eight. We keep kind of talking about it just because of its its noteworthy its noteworthiness. But do you mind taking me through? I didn't get a chance to see them yet, and I'm really stoked as they become available to watch all of them because I'm a YouTube jujitsu junkie. Talk to me about how you finished each opponent and what your comfort level is with each submission. Yeah, um, going into the no gi, I'm actually I usually play gi. So I really like um, arm bars and lapel chokes from the back and stuff that doesn't work super well, nogi, especially once guys start getting slippery. So um, I got nogi actually for every, all five rounds was nogi for me. Um, and for and, those that don't know, it's a simple coin toss. And he somehow landed nogi five out of five, which I would go to Vegas if I were <laughs> you, but I'll, you know. Or not, because I was hoping for D every match. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so going into the no-gi, um, luckily a uh, few of my training partners are just amazing at foot locks and leg locks, so I'm pretty used to them with them, and uh, they work on them a lot with me. So going into it, I was like, okay, straight ankle locks, toe holds, and knee bars. Like, that's, that's going to be your game. Um, so I went in the first match. Uh, pulled guard, just went right to 50-50, stayed there basically the whole match. It was like five minutes, just kept working the ankle and uh, finished a straight ankle lock. Um, second match, that was a close one. Um, it was very back and forth. Like I had his back, he had my back. And um, he almost got me in a knee ball. Like my leg was straight and I was thinking about tapping. I, I kind of grimaced. I was like, no, you're good. And I rolled out and um, <laughs> cut it later ended up taking his back and got a rear naked choke. Like uh, a the, man. I like that yeah. he was just like, I thought about tapping. <laughs> and then I just gave myself a, pop, a pep talk of adrenaline of, no, you're good. And then I exactly. said, Brian, you're fine. Now take his fucking back and choke him out. Okay. <laughs> Your knee's totally worth the $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> um. The third match was with Sebastian, and that one, you know, played the long game, waited for him to make a little mistake and get, get a little frustrated, and I caught him with a knee bar um, coming out of uh, inverted half-guard uh, position, which was really cool. 
Um, oh, and then my my final two matches, uh, I actually finished both with uh, mounted front chokes, or I'm sorry, mounted guillotines. Um, I ended up passing the guard, going right to a uh, mount, and uh, just sunk them in, like worked my hand until I felt their trachea and freaking put those suckers on. All right. So we're going to need you to put that video out called <laughs> Mounted Guillotines, but Raph and I will talk to you about that off air. That's so. Well, we're obviously going to make money off of this. It's going to be a whole DVD instructional, right? Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. There's a so. specific email list you have to get on, um, um, and it's limited supplies only. I mean, we don't really want to get too much into it. Obviously, we're getting 80%, you're getting 20% cut. I mean, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I mean, uh, my manager needs 10% also, so... Sweet. No so problem. then you're only getting ten. Yeah, perfect. No, no, that That's ten's easy. coming up. Your guys' is in. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. See, okay, this is fine. why you don't do business on air. <laughs> I, was about to say, I was like, I thought he was good at math, and I don't know that he really figured out that part. Sure, yeah, okay, seventy thirty, <laughs> got us. Uh, Brian, so I'm really good with money. <laughs> <laughs> We do not adhere to those stereotypes here on this Verbal Tap podcast. We are a, a wholesome well, speak and... Speak for yourself. I was going to have him do our books. Are you kidding? Oh, I was the I was ready to go the opposite way on that raft. <laughs> I was like, thank God, we've got a connection. Uh, Brian, did you do much research on your opponents going in? Um, in going into every tournament, I, I research only really like my first opponent because after that, like it, there's too many variations of who you're going to meet. So um, it was a little weird going into the into the dream tournament because they didn't tell you the bracket; they just gave you the group of eight. Um, so you really only you know you only knew uh, you know you had a one in seven shot of getting a guy. Um, I, I looked at some names and kind of picked out who I thought was going to be the best toughest guys and did a little bit of research on them. I don't like to do too much research. Cause I feel like it biases me. And like, if then if I get caught, I'm like, Oh man, like he didn't do that in any, any of his other matches. And, uh, you know, I relied a little bit too much on it. So I just tried to look at a little bit of their video, get a feel for kind of how they play their game and, uh, leave it at that. Love it. It's a Donald Cerrone approach. For <laughs> MMA fans out there. Doesn't do tape. He's just, I, I hear you though. That can get in your head, which is nice. A nice appreciation of, of mixing both. Uh, Brian, what's next for you? Um, it's actually, uh, I'm going to China for a hacking competition. I told you guys I was a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've got that, and then I believe we have the uh, UFC Fan Expo. There's Grappler's Quest there. That's um, correct, yeah. up. And those are and, great tournaments. So, oh, man, I can't wait to see what happens there for you, my man. Yeah, and then... Um, I think after that, the next one's going to be American Nationals, which is in August or September, something like that. Yep, I think we were just talking about that. I think you're looking at about September. Uh, yeah, so you've already started uh, budgeting, uh, and I'm not surprised here, uh, more tournaments. Do you have to send out another card to friends and let them know you're not seeing them again? <laughs> um, we're we're going to have to see about that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would assume they would hope to see you by now. Um, but I do have to ask this because this is something we, we haven't covered just yet. But um, what did everybody say at your gym when you came back home? What was the uh, what was the response like when you got back there yesterday? 
It's actually uh, funny. Everybody knows I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of an introvert. Like I don't like being the center of attention too much. Um, and everybody at the gym knows that. So the second I walked in, they friggin' started like a slow chant and clapping. I was just like, I hate you guys so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What terrible friends you have. I, I, I'm beginning to see how this all works together. I just love that. They're all like, I know what'll really burn his bridges. Clap oh, yeah. for him. You're like the yeah. anti Tinkerbell is I guess what you really are. <laughs> I, I think That's... I'm going to steal that as my new nickname. I was going to say, that totally beats Glacier, anti-Tinkerbell, <laughs> on the back of his next smash card. Strikes fear into the heart of my enemies. Well, Brian, I think we're impressed mostly because you've been very much under the radar, but you seem very comfortable in the spotlight. You have been doing some great interviews, and we've really enjoyed our press time with you. Are you on the social medias? Can people follow you on Twitter? Um, I am actually, I, I run all of our academies social media. So, um, at Easton TC is our uh, Twitter handle. We have a Pinterest account under the same handle, Instagram right. book. We're freaking everywhere, man. We're blowing the internet up right now. Easton TC. Yep. If you're in the Boulder, Denver, Colorado area, and you have two hours to kill, then you can roll with Brian Carlson. If you only have 30 or 40 minutes, I'm afraid you're going to need to budget more time just based off of just getting started. Then (laughs) that's how he warms up. He just warms up with a 30 minute match. (laughs) Brian, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast this evening. Um, we will be sure to follow your future endeavors, and we have no doubt we are going to see more of you on the jiu-jitsu circuit. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Carlson. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Shout out! Sparza, we had Amici here mm-hmm. to lose violently in another he hasn't lost round. Yet. Shut up. He's lost. It's no. over. I hate how negative you are about this. I'm not negative. I just point out facts. I think you hate facts. <laughs> I do hate facts. I'm from Kansas. The, the point is, he's done. I obviously called the fights right. I'm obviously correct in the ass beating that's going to occur, and I think you should just acquiesce to that. The amount of gall that you have as a human being is impressive and both worrisome. So, you know, kudos to you, sir. Rafa Sparza called me impressive and worrisome. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Actually, Brian Carlson. Probably didn't hear that right, but okay. (laughs) Uh... Brian Carlson Brian. is an amazing human being. I'm glad I got to meet amazing. him this week. And uh, more so than that, I was glad that I got to uh, watch his jiu-jitsu. It, it was really impressive. And you really root for those kind of guys who just really believe jiu-jitsu and, and its heart and, and put it all out there. And I got to say this, Kev. I was so inspired by Brian and the 32 or 31 other participants for the Baddest Brown today. During training, I had my own submission only, no time limit match today. No shit. Yes. 
How'd it go? Tiring. <laughs> really awful. Yeah. I did notice, though, I was like, I am definitely not the caliber of Viking Wong <laughs> or Edmund Kim uh, because those guys were beasts to, to roll for 96 minutes at the Battis Brown tournament. But uh, it, it is a great experience. And it is so nice to, like, let loose and not worry about points because – I mean, not like you keep points when you're rolling, but like, fuck it. You just don't care. Yeah, we kind of do at our gym. Like, we do kind of. Some of us keep points together. Like, we'll just kind of make a decision. So I definitely agree. I like the idea of mixing it up. And let that be a lesson to people out there training. Mix it up. Try something different. Yep. Do a do a fist bump and say, hey, let's screw the clock. Let's just keep going. Mm. I like that idea a lot. Um, I really appreciate that you got Brian to come on the show and covering the baddest Brown. I'm super jealous, especially since I spent most of that time flying or driving to and from an airport, uh, which is a whole different story. But Raph, it's time for shout outs. Yes. I'll go first and allow you to collect your thoughts because I assume <laughs> you have many. I have a few. Uh, mine first and foremost to my father who literally drove the hour and 20 minutes to the airport. He drove me two, then he drove back to pick me up. Then he drove me home. That's three. The next morning he had to take me there at a very calm and nice 5:30 AM before work, two more trips. As he pointed out, he drove me roughly 350 miles, which is, just under half the way to D.C. Mm. Uh, from Kansas City. So he was very helpful in illuminating what an inconvenience it was for all of us. But he did it, um, and it was very helpful. So I appreciate that. BJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly, VA. Can't wait to get some no-gi ass-beating tomorrow night, which I fully expect. Um, and I'm sure they'll be obliged to deliver. BJJ Finder. The world's premier jiu-jitsu site locator. You heard me accidentally call it that with Amici earlier in the podcast and hear me fully endorse it. And I think people understand. BJJ starts with that. What are you going to do? BJJFinder.com. It's Yelp for jiu-jitsu schools. Raph, did you have an insult? Wristlock? Wristlock. I'm going to get wristlock. He's worse with the wristlocks with the gi on, but he's deceptive with them no gi. That's and so terrible. still likes to attack them. So That's so mean. Uh, and I hope he does it at least twice. Anyone in our gym that has a blue belt around their waist is well-versed in the art of at least hopefully dodging the wrist lock. And that does not stop him from accomplishing it. Just as <laughs> a heads up. And that's going uh, to do it for me, Raph. I'm all shouted out. Awesome. Guys, uh, I, I just need a second. I'll obviously start with uh, Valley Martial Arts Center. VMAC! Oh, oh, we didn't need to do that. Yeah, we did. I gotta keep it fresh. So People were like, hey, add a whistle. I'm like, no. yeah, I should add a whistle. You're right. My God, put away your rape whistle, please. Oh, man, I just, I need a moment after that. Um, I want to thank everybody at Valley Martial Arts for great training, but I also want to just give a quick set of shout outs to the guys. There was a white belt tournament and we actually had some of our folks from our gym do very, very well. Uh, obviously proud of everybody there, but uh, I did want to go ahead and give a couple specific shout outs 
to uh, some of our folks, Pamela Moy, uh, Deb Lopez could not be proud of her, was rolling with her, pulled her aside and was like, you're going to win. And she just goes, no, I don't think so, Ralph. I don't mean, I mean, I'm probably not. I was like, you're going to win. You're going to fucking win. And uh, the thing I kept saying to her was, I was like, you're going to get out of this guard? She's like, yeah. I was like, show me. And then she would get out of the guard. I'm like, you're so ready for this. Uh, also, Kimberly Mills. So, Kev, we had three of our girls all take gold. So, oh, shit. super proud of that. Uh, also want to give shout outs to our good friend, Carlos Serrano, who I also told was going to be ready for that tournament. And he uh, also, I think he, yeah, he took gold. Uh, so to him, Brian Singer, Marlon, all of those guys, congratulations. So proud of you. Uh, you guys always put such great heart out there. And it, I, I was so engrossed in uh, jiu-jitsu this whole weekend. It was like uh, uh, anything on other, Kevin. I mean, I was updating you a little bit from the sidelines of what was going on. But uh, when you could, that's how busy you were with doing jujitsu work. It is very difficult when you're when you're media team relations for jujitsu. But uh, (laughs) I want to thank everybody who came out to the seminar that Travis Conley put together out in uh, Encino. Travis, if you guys haven't taken a seminar from him, it's amazing. And Travis plays a very different game than I, I'm used to seeing or, or playing myself. So having him spend three hours going over techniques and instruction, and more importantly, he did this amazing Q&A session for everybody at the end where he gave so many easy, simple remedies to everybody's questions and problems, and he really focused in on what people needed to improve on. And I think everybody there left with something that they could improve on their individual jiu-jitsu. Not just a general, like, here's a choke. Like, everybody left with something to improve their individual specific game. So I'm not at all surprised because he's just also really... He takes teaching very seriously. He really does. And I think as a true testament to him, everybody there who donated for his... Uh, to help cover, you know, cost of traveling and whatnot, we kept it really low so that we could try and get more people. They ended up giving him more money at the end because they thought the nice. instruction was so, so high. And, and I think that's a I testament to... people. To uh, Travis and everything he put together. So just quickly to shout people out, um, I would love to talk more about it, but I want to go ahead and shout out uh, Johnny, Jordan, Clint, John, Kara, Shakib, Dennis, Ross, Alex, Mitch, Jonathan, Octavio, and uh, of course... Uh, we want to thank Octavio, who was doing uh, some nice film work. So we did record some of the seminar. We actually have a couple quick videos that we're going to put out in a few weeks uh, that are some fun things that Travis and I did. I did an interview with him, and he also helped a, a technique of mine, Kevin. I think you'll really enjoy it. What technique is that? Uh, are you familiar with the figure four? I am not. Oh, okay. Don't worry. We'll We'll walk you through the whole process. It's maybe one of the most deadly moves of all time. Is that like a half guard thing? Uh, you could say that. Oh, well, fuck you. just it's just wait. I know. I already know. No, no. I've done the math. You've done the math. You really thought about yeah. it now, Kevin. Wow. Well, You're not the math. Fair one point. One of the, the fastest people I know. Uh, and the biggest, I think, thanks of all uh, this way of Travis has to go to Marcus Caval who opened the doors to his gym to let us conduct a seminar. And not only did so, but uh, 
I wouldn't let him pay, but he was trying to actually pay Travis for the instruction, and he was nice enough to open his gym to us. And you know, you like you said, jujitsu people are great and amazing people. So that was truly something that was amazing to see. And and you know, our, our good friend Marcus, he he's a fighter himself, so he responds to that want to get out there and fight. So I think him and Travis was was great, and I'd like to think that Marcus got really cool instruction out of it. So uh, my thanks to him. And uh, just as a last big note, and I know it might take a second to get through this, but it's really important. I want to thank everybody over at Dream Jiu-Jitsu and all the participants over at that tournament. Kev, I am not lying to you when I say I've never seen men go to war. Like, I know it's something completely different, but this is a grueling tournament. It really was taking things out of all of the participants. Obviously, there was a 32-man invitational brown belt, but there was also a purple belt uh, weight division. They had three different weight divisions and one female uh, category, and it was intense. Like You could see it wear on these people, and uh, my hat's off to them because I don't know what that mentality is like, but watching them do it was so inspiring. And, and there were so many great stories and what we hope to do in the coming days, uh, when you guys see videos from dream jujitsu is to really elaborate, uh, the love for sport. And I think getting to hear some of these people's stories really, really tells you the level of commitment that people who may not be Keenan Cornelius or your also are putting in that, that heart and dedication. And I know when I went back to training myself, I, went with a renewed sense of this is awesome and I learned a couple tricks from it and it was awesome so my thanks to everybody who competed there and specifically I want to thank uh, you know our good friend Sean Megami and uh, Dan Hubbler for putting together a really really exciting and fun tournament and letting us be a part of it of course Kenny AJ uh, all of our media team just some really cool stuff so we look forward to getting that all up and out there for you guys are you are you done you're all set. Um, you know, I could think of some more people. Nine minutes worth of goddamn shoutouts. It wasn't nine <laughs> minutes. You're it was exaggerating now. Might have been fourteen. I haven't checked the official. You know, Kev. Here's the thing. I appreciate people and their time, and I happen to be busy in the world of jitsu. Unlike some people, did you train when you were out in Kansas? <laughs> I don't think this is the time for questions like oh, that. Oh, okay. I, I did a six mile thing in not the rain with my sister. You Fair take point. that shit on a fucking walking podcast. <laughs> I don't want to hear that on my fucking podcast. Ooh, I did uh, a 10K. No one gives a shit. I would love to be on a walking podcast if they exist. If someone could please call me and put me on it. Hey, that's going to do it for us here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Put it on a fucking <laughs> That's something I would put on a t-shirt. It's great. <laughs> yeah. well, it's what